This Water News with Steve Baker is supported by Clearwater and Filtration on Rough and Ready Highway, Grass Valley. Well, it's time for Water News with Steve Baker. And Steve, we're going to talk about big water today. Oh, boy. The snowpack in the high Sierra has been unbelievable, Mm -hmm. is unbelievable. And it's it's going to impact our lives at lower elevations, and it's already changing the Central Valley. Uh, Talk about that. I think what you're alluding to here is the Tulare Lake. Now, no one in our generation really remembers it, but the Tulare Lake was a huge body of water, and it's located, it was located between Fresno and Bakersfield. So if you can imagine this, steamships traveled on this lake back in the day in the Central Valley. Elk and antelope, they actually visited the shores of this lake. Really happened a couple hundred years ago. There's four rivers that discharge water into this lake. Kings River, Cowey, Thule, Kern Rivers. Those are the four main rivers that filled up this enormous lake. At least 40 na- native uh, Yokut groups lived on the shores back 200 years ago. They made their homes. They made boats. They made baskets with Thule weeds. And then they fished for salmon, clams, and trout. It was a whole different place than what we see today. During the wet years, this lake was probably 1,000 square miles. Central Valley, it's all dry there now. At least it was as of last year. Um, It's four times, it was four times the size of Lake Tahoe. This was a huge lake. Uh, Deepest spot was about 50 feet, so somewhat shallow like the Salton Sea. Farming was was a big attraction. So as time rolled on, the river flows were diverted, and the lake slowly got dewatered and disappeared. So now it's mostly farmland. Now, if but, but the concern is if we have extreme winter weather, like this year, the mountain runoff is going to be too much for today's water system. And when that happens, you can expect some real serious flooding. And um, it's happened in the last 40 years to have extreme flooding where this lake showed up again. 1983 it occurred. Suddenly the lake appeared again in a smaller version of it, but nevertheless, in 1997 it did. And then, believe it or not, this year, right now, down at the Tulare uh, area, uh, you have Tulare Lake showing its face again. It's back. It is back. No steamships as of right now. No, <laughs> maybe rowboats. Steve, these big water events that you talk about, like such as the last one, they're, they are a lot more intense than ever in the last 40 years, as far as I can tell. Oh, that's absolutely, that's true. There was an event that occurred uh, back in the day, 1861 to 1862, that winter. And if that repeats, it would cause an enormous amount of destruction and also, also death. Now, back in 1861, it started with a snowstorm like what we just experienced, okay? And it happened in early December, and about 15 feet of snow fell in that one storm in the Sierras. And after that, immediately after that, there was a series of warm, windy, atmospheric river storms, which we can also relate to, right? And for the next 40 days, it rained and rained and rained, and water just poured out of the mountains, Um, As a result of that, there was a lot of flooding. Bridges washed out. Whole towns disappeared overnight. That's how much water came out. Uh, Roads were destroyed. It was a bad thing. It turned into a big lake at the bottom, a 300-mile by 20-mile wide area. It was underwater by up to 30 feet in some spots. So it was an enormous amount of water that ended up accumulating. Even Sacramento was flooded for about a year. 
And um, and rowboats, really, at that time, it was the best way to get around. <laughs> you didn't use vehicles anymore. Uh, what resulted from all that was 4,000 people died. A third of the property was destroyed in that area. Um, a quarter of California's 800,000 cattle either drowned or starved. And uh, let's, let's uh, see how that affected the food chain, okay? Eggs, it cost an equivalent of what today would be $79 a dozen. So it really made things difficult. The USGS has uh, completed some sediment studies, which have shown that this magnitude of a storm can happen about every 100 to 200 years. And now, uh, you know, we, we now s- talk a lot about arc storm, the arc storm modeling simulations. So we, we're looking at these things now. Okay. What is an arc storm? Arc storm's a hypothetical situation. Uh, because this is such a realistic occurrence here in California, uh, we have to somehow figure out a way to endure a mega drought or a mega storm like this, in 18, like, like what we had in 1861. And um, it's, it's, our population's different now, right? We, we don't just have a few people down there. We have a boatload of people down there, and we have uh, uh, 40 million people in California. We have an economy that's the fifth largest if it was considered a country. I mean, there could be some serious problems if we have a flood and a rain episode of this magnitude. So um, California Operation of Emergency Services, together with many other uh, groups, uh, have put together this this hypothetical, which is a West Coast winter storm that happens once every 500 to 1,000 years. And it's going to be very similar to the 1861-62 storm. So this arc storm scenario is is really located where they're located in the Central Valley. It's going to create a 300 by 20 mile wide area, just like the 1861 storm. Also, Orange County is going to be affected, L.A. County, San Diego County, San Francisco County, and some of the coastal communities. This is the hypothetical. Wind speeds, they assumed, will be 125 miles per hour. That's huge. Landslides everywhere. Roads lost, bridges lost, $300 billion property damage, $400 billion in ag losses, uh, months of no utilities for people. 1.5 people are going to have to somehow be evacuated, okay? Even an additional $325 billion in extra business cost losses. It's it's a big deal. It's going to cost California probably, they estimate, a trillion dollars, which is five times more than the damages of, of Katrina. Well, Steve, uh, you know, about 10 years ago when I was a news director at KVMR, I remember um, our local Red Cross and the county, they were involved in, emerg- in an emergency response that simulated a flooding event, maybe something such as that. And I remember they were going around town and they were they were looking at the old furniture store in oh, downtown yeah. Nevada City, which has been closed for a long time, as a possible place to put people up if the valleys were flooded. Uh, what do you know about that? Oh, I actually know a lot about that because uh, I was in it. Okay. In fact, I was the guy, uh, I've always been with the Red Cross, not so active most recently, but uh, at that time, 
I'm the one who landed that furniture. Uh, very, very nice owners of the property just offered it up, said, hey, if this would help, uh, we would like to allow you to, to use that, that, that building, which is the furniture, the old furniture building on the bottom of Broad Street as you're looking up on the right. That's, yep. that's where it was. Right across from the National Hotel. Yeah, exactly. Now, the Red Cross, the County Operation Emergency Services, Fire Police, basically all the emergency services in multiple jurisdictions, not just up here, were all challenged with some very uh, difficult situations. They're very liquid, so-called, <laughs> pardon the pun, but liquid situations because conditions were changing constantly. Um, we, I was, I was, again, representing Red Cross. We were uh, operating out of the, uh, the, the, what did they call it? The um, Emergency Operations Center, which is located up at Maidu Facilities, second floor. And uh, at that location, we were being told of different emergency scenarios that would just pop out of the blue. You know, we had 700 evacuees who had to move out of one location, uh, say the fairgrounds, because of uh, some kind of problem. And, and, and then something else would happen. And then there were uh, rescues going on, just a lot of different activities. And we had to somehow work through that chaotic uh, circuit, those chaotic circumstances. It was, it was quite an operation. It lasted most of the day. And uh, really got a feel for how difficult it is for our emergency services uh, people. And, and we need practices like this. But it was all focused on an arc storm. And, um, and you know, we, we learned from, from the simulation, from the experience. It was kind of about like, well, what would happen if the 1861 storm were to happen this year? Yeah, that was, that was the basic <laughs> that question. Was the, that and, was the basic question. And so they had on a timeline different circumstances that only one guy knew was going to happen. And then he would just suddenly announce that, well, we just had, <laughs> you know, another thousand people show up and we, we can't get our equipment down from Truckee, from, from Reno, because Truckee Rivers overflowed. And they would come up with all these wrenches in the workings and we had to work our way through it as a group. And I mean, there are, are different groups when you uh, work in an emergency like that at the operations center. Uh, there's a uh, uh, planning and operations, a logistics, uh, PIO, which is the public information uh, category, and then there's admin and finance, and they all have to be choreographed together to work right and for, for things to happen. Well, Steve, we're out of time, so uh, thank you so much for uh, this very interesting story. Oh, well, you're you're welcome. Managing groundwater is Steve Baker's career and passion. And that has led him into working on all water sources and supplies. This has been another conversation with KVMR's water guy, Steve Baker. You can email him with your questions at water at operationunite.co.